We are here ready for Sermon Extra. Um, whew, I was gone all weekend. I, I flew out for a quick trip to Nashville to see a buddy of mine and see a soccer match, and so I'm kind of jet-lagged a little bit, and it was nice out there. It was like 85 hmm. degrees, and I kept looking at what I'm coming back to and going, oh, hmm. man. But uh, looks like we had a, a wonderful worship service, uh, had a blessing of our educators, on Sunday, which is a great thing. Uh, Pastor John had a blessing recorded, and in the busyness of me getting ready for my trip, I didn't get it ready, did I? I heard. No, at the 8 o'clock, I was like, and Pastor John can't be here, but he had uh, something to say. I think we have a video. And then I saw everybody waving in the back. Going, like, no, no, we no don't. video, no video. And I got a text from <laughs> Linda because I was chatting with her all morning, and, and she said, was there supposed to be a video? And I said, Yeah. So it's on Facebook now. I put it on both our school and our church channel. It's just a wonderful opportunity for him to share uh, a little blessing over our teachers. But uh, we had Larry Elias, who was uh, coming in as a lay person to, uh, to do the message for us. And Larry, it was great to, uh, to have you as a guest. Yeah, it was, I enjoyed doing it. Um, I have a, an appreciation for what our pastors do. It, when, when I do something like that, it really reminds me of, of how um, much work goes into preparation. And we take that for granted, I think, in the church. You know, we just come to church and expect a sermon, and they're good quality messages that we have, and, and that's not easy to do. And then yesterday, with Pastor Dustin being the only pastor in church and three services, I mean, that's a workout. You know, two <laughs> baptisms and... You know, he has to kind of know what's going to happen, and we had a couple of tech glitches at the first one, and then the video that wasn't available. It's like from 7 o'clock in the morning until about 12.30, and you had baptisms after the, the 11 o'clock yeah. service. Nice. So, you know, from 7 o'clock in the morning until 12.30, this man is like, he's got a lot going on, and, and it just everything just goes smoothly to the person that <laughs> attends, you know, but there's a lot behind it. So I have a real appreciation for what our pastors do. Well, and thankfully, Pastor pastors only work on Sundays. So you work hard <laughs> exactly. for that little bit. And that's exactly. it then for the week. You don't Except the any... ones that have a podcast on Monday. That's well, it. yeah, that, podcast... this has really been tough for you guys to add something to your schedule. <laughs> no, but I told Larry, I, I told him several times, I thought he just did a great job. And going through this series of finding value, you know, Pastor John let it off with Inspire. And um, I picked it up the next week with Grow and just talking about how it's so important for us, again, as, as we look at the values that we hold to, God's Word is at the, the center of all of that. And then God's Word, um, the importance of worship, but then the Word that we centered on yesterday was together. And so as we were talking about that, and of course, Andy, Pastor Andy will bring it all home with Serve next week. We'll get to that in a little bit. But why not have someone from within in our congregation, part of our church family, who understands this, is living it, is breathing it? And I don't know, several months ago, I thought, well, Larry Elias, he would be a good person. So I'd ask you, would you be willing to do this? And you didn't even hesitate. So you're like, yeah, sure, I'll share the message. So I think if, if, if you have the guts to ask, it makes it easier for me to say yes. Um, I had I trust our pastors and their discretion, and you know me well enough. We have the you know fortunate opportunity to spend some time together in a huddle on a weekly basis, and I, because of my uh, role as board chair uh, on the lay leadership board, I you know 
get together with John on a fairly regular basis. So you guys know me pretty well. And if you ask me to do something, it's because you know what I'm going to say or you have an idea. You know, some people might wonder, well, you know, do they tell Larry what to say or do they give him like the talking points? I mentioned Here's yesterday that you did, the, from it. you did the slides for me, you know, and you offered to do that, which I was very happy to let you do because you have such great, you know, mm -hmm. design and artistic skills. Um, but you did the slides that I gave you to do. Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, it wasn't, didn't you didn't, you didn't give me any of the no. content. So, no. well, you guys trust me and, and, um, uh, you know, you ask the Lord to guide your thoughts, and that's, you know, um, when I receive a compliment for that, it's, it's all about God and His goodness, and, and He tells us what to say, and hopefully we don't mess it up. Well, so the, the scripture that the message was really based uh, around was the Acts 2, and that's always been one of my favorite passages of scripture when I think about what should the church look like? And Acts 2, is it's right after the day of Pentecost. Uh, they've received the gift of the Spirit. Um, Peter is preaching and proclaiming. In fact, all the disciples are through the Spirit and the languages that the people are able to hear for themselves. And they're asking, what do we do? They hear this message, the good news of Jesus and how he died for them, he rose for them. 3,000 are baptized and you have the start of the church. And the first thing we're told is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to God's word, uh, to fellowship, to prayer, and really to just be together. And that word is repeated again and again and again. And that's really what you focused on. Some of the things working against living together, um, but the importance of being together and then joining Jesus on his mission together. But I know you mentioned in the message that there are a few things that you wanted to put in, but you didn't, because, you know... Scott always is trying to hold us accountable to, like, timing, timing of everything. And you did well, Larry. I checked the time this morning when I posted the sermon to, uh, to another podcast. But we have the podcast that we can then, right. you know, dig into some of these things. So what are some of those things that you maybe wanted to, to get to but didn't? Well, I mentioned transactional Christianity yesterday. Pastor John and maybe you have talked about this in the past in, in some of our messages. And we live in a society today where we are pressed uh, by time. And, and so we're constantly making decisions about how we want to spend our time and how we want to spend our money. And so we think in terms of uh, what's the best use of our time and money. And it's transactional. And unfortunately, worship gets put into that position, and it shouldn't. Um, and so we, we have a tendency to think in terms of, okay, well, my, I, it takes me so much time to worship, so should I go to worship? Or maybe I can just plug in online, or maybe I can just uh, watch, uh, you know, the sermon later when I have time, you know, and those types of things. And God wants us to worship Him. That's one of the Ten Commandments, you know, to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy and to worship. And... Um, I remember there's a song that was written by Matt Redman called Heart of Worship. And uh, Matt Redman is a, is a talented Christian songwriter and worship leader. And uh, Michael W. Smith sang the song and probably is the one that made it the most famous, but Redman sings it too, and it's called uh, The Heart of Worship. And the song is, is a, if you go online, you can see videos or read about this. Redman wrote that song because as worship leader, he was afraid that his church was really getting too focused on how they did worship and wasn't entertaining and inspiring. And as an 
you know, Messiah has an attractional church model. I mean, our model, if you want to get into kind of the strategic discussion of things, Messiah is a church that part of our DNA is that we do worship well. And that's a good thing. We, we have good music. We have good messages. And we've always been a church that if you invited someone to come to, they felt welcome at the service. And it was a service that wasn't difficult to follow in terms of standing up and sitting down and liturgy and all of those things that, that turn some people off. And we have an attractional model. But unfortunately, what happens when you do worship so well, we can get to a point where that becomes our expectation and we've got to make sure worship is great. And I think people should enter into worship with a heart of worship toward God. And, and then if we have great music and all of those other things, then that's wonderful. But we should, be able, we should worship whether there's rain pounding on the roof or babies crying next to us or whatever, because God commands it. He's worthy of our praise and worship. And if we get... Um, you know, recharged by worship, or if we get educated by worship or inspired by worship, that's great. But if we don't, so what? We're still here to worship. And so I wanted to talk about that because I think we've lost sight of that to a degree uh, as Christians. We, we tend to think of worship just as one other thing we do during the week, and then we have to weigh the pros and cons of do I worship or not. And I guess one of the statistics that Pastor John shared I don't know if it was, he might have shared it in a sermon, and I know he shared it with the lay leadership board. It used to be that regular worship um, was what, what we did 50 years ago. It meant you were in church every Sunday, and you might miss a couple times a year if you were on vacation or you were ill. Now regular worship, according to just pop culture or current society, regular worship is like coming to church once a month. You know, I'm a regular worshiper. I go to church every month. Well, if you went to church once a month when I was growing up, you might have got a visit from the elders, you know, yeah. because they or they would might wonder what is something wrong. But unfortunately, we're so busy and there's so much going on that that's what's happened. Well, I think even saying once a week to worship, I don't think that was part of God's original plan either. I mean, when you look at like in Acts and the start of the church, it said every day they were going to the temple. Every day they were going to the synagogue. So that whole idea of transactional Christianity, I think it goes back to the garden. It goes back to the fall. I mean, when Satan comes in to tempt Eve and to tempt Adam, it was taking their eyes off of God and putting it on themselves and, and trying to help them or deceive them, I guess it should be said, that you know God's holding out on you. And it's that idea, okay, what's in it for me? And, and that's at the heart of our fallenness as human beings. And we even carry that then into our relationship with God. We carry that into the church. We carry that into to worship. But before the fall, I mean, they were just living in a constant worship-filled relationship with God, where God was breathing into them life. They were, you know, in constant relationship with God. Sin has disrupted all of that, but we're trying to get, you know back to that again, Scott. Well, you were... we've, yeah, we've tied, when you, you, you brought it all the way back to, to creation, and, and that was in my mind too, because we've tied worship with the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But that's, there's, there wasn't a tie there when you go back in Genesis. It didn't say, this is the day you worship. Yeah. We created all that and made Sunday our Sabbath and we worship, but no, it, it, we're supposed to be in a constant state of worshiping yeah. God. And well, Larry touched on that too, and I thought you did a really good job of, you know, well, 
as long as, you know, I'll come to worship as long as, you know, the sermon's good and, and the music is good and the service is 60 minutes, maybe 65, but let's not go any more than that. And, right. and it is, there is, and even as a pastor, and I think as, as church leaders, and we joke about the length of the sermon, mm-hmm. but we realize like we have to keep things to an hour. And I feel like, why do we do right. that? Like, right. why do we feel like, okay, we have just an hour that we can give to God on this one day of the week. I'm like, that. that's not how it's supposed to be. No. So something really relevant, uh, the reason I was gone this weekend is Saturday, I, I did my first wedding in Omaha. Nice. And it was a huge wedding. And it was amazing because the, the, the two people that I married were a family friend and, and his bride, and they told me, we want this to be sacred, and we don't care how long it takes. Oh. And that's super cool. But yeah, then I get in the room is. and I see I start to meet the people, this big room of people, and they're they're going, How quick can this be? Yeah. Yeah. But they said, No. This is sacred. Do it. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, it was a room full of people of all different denominations, faiths. Um, and I just had so many people come up to me and say, That was the most amazing worship I've ever seen in, in a wedding. Awesome. Because they said, I just, I'd never heard so much God in a wedding. Right. And I was blown away by that. But another good friend of mine that was there who's Lutheran came up to me. He's like, you just Lutheranized a lot of people at a wedding. <laughs> and, and just, and, and the couple was, was so gracious. And they just said, thank you for being, bringing Jesus and his love. And, and, you know, Dustin and I talked a lot about at those weddings saying, hey, this is how God shows his love for us. And so what to tie back to, to your message, Larry, you know, what I saw was people starve for inspiration, wanting to grow and looking for people to be together with and then serve is what I'm going to talk about. But like we brought Messiah, I brought Messiah to this group of people and it made me grateful for what we're doing here in so many ways. But a lot of the conversations I had where there were some former Catholics and some Baptists and different people and, and they were so starved for the church we see in Acts and for what we're really trying to do here at Messiah. They were, it was so foreign to them. And I was able to do it in you know, a half an hour with the time I had. But it just showed me, I said, hey, I'm going to send you a link. Check us out next Sunday. Because it just made me see, like, we need to invite our friends to this, to what we're doing here. Because if, if we're sticking to God's word and we're looking at how the church is really trying to gather around the God's word, and, and obviously we're trying to do that on Sundays, but now how can we help people live that daily to your point. And so anyways, I just, you're, you're saying all the right things. And I, I just so fortunately, God revealed to me a group of people that don't really have access to what we're doing here in the same way that we do. And it made me go, wow, that's, let's keep, I had people come up to me and say, I don't even know what words to use. I'm not a real church person, but keep doing what you're doing is what they kept saying. And, and, and that wasn't a reflection of me. That was a reflection of like, that was very Messiah. And so that's, that's what I would say. And, I, and your message, you know, was really about that, about really defining what that is and why we do it and, and to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share, uh, I was reading from Amos, and this is the message. I know Pastor John likes to use the message from time to time, or we'll, we'll do that sometimes. And this is, uh, this is God thro- talking uh, through the prophet Amos about uh, worship and what the Israelites were doing and how they had kind of gotten into a routine that they were going through. And he says, I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion, projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. 
I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you want to know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's all I want. That's all I want. And I think, you know, over the years, the church has tended to be institutionalized. We were just talking about this this morning in Bible study with, with some guys. You know, how church just gets institutionalized, and it's based on buildings, and it's based on organizations and creeds and hierarchy, and people just get used to going to church, thinking that I'm saved because I belong to a church, I go to a church, but they're not really, we, it gets easy for us to stop examining And that doesn't last. Lives. That's not lasting. It's not right? lasting. There's, I, that's people I talked to were like, I did that. And it's like, that, it, they didn't find the value. That's this finding value. Value well, of what? And that's, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons we have transactional Christianity, because church then becomes just one of those other things that we have to decide if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it, when we really understand the true heart of worship, as Redmond talks about in the song that he wrote... Then all of a sudden, it's like, this is my relationship with God. And from that flows my relationship with my brothers and sisters. And I want to share this with other people that don't know about Jesus. And it becomes a more important part of our life than just something we do, you know, once a week or That's on right. occasion. And I was just going to say, relationship. I mean, that, that's the important word there. And it's not just about going through the motions. It's not just about a box to check. And... You know, I think about just even you mentioned marriage within the message too, and so I think anyone uh, of us who who is married, we kind of know that there's there's times it's not perfect, and it can feel like you're just kind of going through the motions too. But you start to realize like this this isn't how it's meant to be, and and this, that's the same with our relationship with God. It's not meant to be. We just go through the motions and we check a a box, and you know, I'm physically here, but I'm not really here. And I think that's what God was saying is you're doing all of these things, but your heart is not right. in it. Mm-hmm. It's far and from And you me. just said it, um, and I'm going to channel uh, Dirk Reek, Pastor Dirk Reek, who actually said this at the last wedding I was in, uh, in the wedding. I was a co-best man, but I said it at the wedding this weekend. He says, when you, and, and this was in terms of a wedding, but it's worship, it's your Bible, whatever it is, it's don't look at worship or this wedding as an event. Look at this as a tool, as an instrument in the hands of a God who loves you very much. This is him speaking to you. This is him showing himself and his love to you. It's not a box to check. It's not a moment in time. It is him loving you very tangibly. And I just was like, when I said that at the wedding, everybody was like, oh, this isn't just a party, you know, <laughs> with church before. And so it, it, when I that completely changed perspective of it to me. It's like just, and, and that's where it was like, I, you can feel God here, loving this couple and loving these people. And, and worship is the same way, but also when we're in God's Word, right? This isn't just a book. This is a tool that God speaks to us through, and that's powerful. So I think a segue into where we're going next week, mm. too, with, with Serve, and I think this touches on, Larry, you talked about the transactional. And I think Jesus, when he came, he just turned that completely upside down. He's like, you know, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. It's not about what you do for me. It's about what I'm here to do for you. If you want to be the greatest, you need to, to become the least. He, like, he changes all of these things. And so I think part of being together, and I think one of the things you touched on um, is the world, how we love one another, it, that's going to affect how the world knows, too, that uh, really the message. 
I mean, if, if we can't love one another, how are we going to love the world? Yeah. And then I think that ties into how we serve then. Too. Yeah. I think one of the, you know, you never stop learning when you read God's word. And, you know, I think one of the things that has become increasingly important to me or clear to me over the years as I've gotten older and I read God's word is it's important for us to enter into worship, into enter into reading the Bible with the idea that we want the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us and to continue to teach us. And and one of the things that I think about is when, when I read God's word, it's like, God, what do you want me to know or what do you want me to realize or see that maybe I've been missing? And I and I think it's uh, one of those things is that that Jesus is he wants us to be like him when it comes to how we interact with mm-hmm. others. And one of the things that that you know, we live in a world that's not easy to live in. Mm. You know, there are a lot of mm. people around us that oppose what we oppose, and, and morals are, you know, we don't share morals with people. And and one of the things I mentioned yesterday was that I think we were comfortable. I was comfortable growing up in a world that shared my morals, even if they didn't know my Savior. And that's not right. Mm. And today, people that don't know my Savior probably don't share my morals either. But what's really important, that they know about Jesus or that they agree with me on everything else? Mm. Because I think if we can share Jesus with them because we're in relationship with them, I'll let the Holy Spirit convict them on the convict them on the morals part. Because quite frankly, I don't have the morals part right myself, right? Mm. I yeah, sin every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Jesus... When I used to not understand the phrase, you know, the, the kingdom of God is at hand when John the Baptist said it or Jesus said it, you know, because we tend to think of kingdom as a place, kind of like worship is an event. We think of kingdom as a place or like heaven. And that basically the kingdom of God is God, you know, gathering people to himself. And Jesus said, here I am. And people came to him and he's still calling people to be with him. But how does he do that? He does that through the Holy Spirit and that's working through us. And so it's being in relationship with people around us that they can get to know who Jesus is. And so that's, an, I mean, that's not easy, you know, it's, it's because it requires relationship and relationship takes time. And sometimes relationships have challenges. Yeah. With and, people that are sometimes really hard to have a relationship with. Well, I am, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so that's the challenge that we face. But God's, you know, we're not responsible for the outcome, you know. God is. Mm-hmm. Takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. He just wants me to live for him. And and we've talked about this. I think one of the biggest challenges to sharing Jesus with people around us is we get up in the morning and we have this stuff that we're supposed to do today, right? Oh, I've got Bible class at seven o'clock this morning and I've got to record a podcast at eight thirty and I gotta get the yard mode today before it gets too hot, mm-hmm. right? And so our days are filled with stuff that we have to do. And meanwhile, we, we might bump into somebody at the doctor's office or at the grocery store, and there may be an opportunity to witness for Jesus or to you know build on a relationship. And we see those things as interruptions. And so we can't serve God because we've, we've already got our plate full mm-hmm. of stuff that we're doing, and we don't see the things that intersect with our lives as opportunities to witness. We see them as interruptions. Mm-hmm. And that's you know unfortunate. We got to open our eyes. So I think one of the big differences with that is even as Christians, and I'm guilty of this at times, I go and I live my life and I invite Jesus to come and be with me. Like, come follow me as I'm going and living rather than like, wait, that's not, he said, 
I'm supposed to follow him, right? Mm-hmm. Like I join him yeah. where he's at work. But too often, I think we're asking, "Come along, bless what I'm doing." I'll drive, but I got room in the back seat <laughs> exactly. for you. So hop yeah. on in instead of, yeah. Yeah. I'm Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> and, I th- and I think we really devalue how shining even just a little bit of light, even just saying, "Yeah, I had church this Sunday," can make somebody go, "I haven't even heard the word church in how long." Or even just saying, yeah, my uh, my group, I do this thing called Home in a Box, and my church and a few people from church and I, and we go serve with people. And like, if somebody says, wow, I didn't know you did that. Now I know something about you. Right. And if I ever have a question or I go, oh, yeah, I think Larry's a Christian. Yeah, he, he told me he goes to church. And he goes, you know, like you become a Christian that people can trust. And we've talked about that and yeah. how important that is. And we, sh- we devalue that. Devalue how many that. people who are unbelievers, the statistics say that... I don't, um, and I think it was Jock Ficken when yep, he was here Jock, shared yeah. the statistic. What is the eighty percent? It's, it's oh, I think it's like seventy or eighty percent. Eighty percent of of, un, of non Christians don't know a Christian that they can trust. Yeah. Well, that's really bad. I think we need to start there. And, yeah, <laughs> like, right. that's so a great place to start. We think of we think of being a witness for Christ as okay. I need to kind of have the vi- verses in my head, and I need yep. to know what to say. Right? That's what we think of. Mm-hmm. But we can go through our whole lifetime and we'll never have a neighbor come and knock on our door and say, hey, I'm a non Christian. Could you tell me about Jesus? <laughs> right. You know, that's not going to happen very mm-hmm. seldom. It's more of a, like you said, a contact with a person and they get to know you, they trust you, and at some point you have an opportunity to share. I'll give you an example. I go to the doctor's office every week to get an allergy shot. And I've been doing that for about a year. Well, maybe I ought to get to know the name of the receptionist at the doctor's office so that I can call her by name and start to form at least a bit of a relationship other than just saying hi and then sitting down and not saying a word to her. And then sometimes she might see the book that I'm reading, and it might have Jesus on the cover in the title. Or maybe I'm wearing a T-shirt from a mission trip. And then, you know, before too long, like you said, she knows you're a Christian. And maybe there's an opportunity for a conversation. Maybe there isn't. Maybe I can invite her to church at some point if she's interested. Or maybe that's just a seed that gets planted for somebody else later that, you know, that maybe not all Christians are, you know, evil people that have bumper stickers that make me feel like I'm a bad person, you know? And so it's, it's not about knowing from start to finish the verses and the witness, and there, you know, if I get the chance to witness to somebody that way, great. I'm prepared to do that. But maybe it's just being a nice person mm-hmm. and creating a relationship that can the Holy Spirit can work through. Yep. So for our listeners, I think that's a perfect segue to where we're going. Is we have next week. That's the last week on this series, and it's around serve. serve. Pastor Annie's going to have the message, and then we're starting a brand new sermon series titled "Joining Jesus." on his mission. And super excited about mm. that. I know, Larry, you've you've led uh, a Bible study on our Wednesday nights, which we're starting up. In fact, you're going to be leading another study on joining right. Jesus on his mission. Um, we're bringing uh, Pastor Greg Finke, who authored the book titled Joining Jesus on His Mission. He's going to come. He's going to preach. He's also going to be doing some training while he's here that weekend. So Lots of exciting stuff that we're... That's excellent. And, and he's an LCMS pastor. He's an LCMS pastor. And as a matter of fact, if you don't know this, he was a student yeah. of Pastor... David Mench. David Mench. David Mench. Yeah. Oh, he was wow. a of Middle yeah. school student. Uh, not so. know and that. he's a yeah. great speaker. And what we've talked about, and, and the, the reason I love this text, and I'm so glad we're going to spend so much time with it, is it helps you, us do what we were just talking about. It helps you be yourself, and as you go about your life... 
just be thinking and looking for those little opportunities to shine a little light. And it takes that wall down that we all have of if I don't say the perfect thing, right? If I don't like have this one person that's my project, I'm not going to do it. It's like, no, no, no. It's as you go. And it's just being a light. And I can tell you, God has convicted me so much after this weekend, seeing so many people that are hungry for this. And that I would look at before this weekend and say, ah, they probably don't want to hear what I have to say about that. And they were starving for it. People sought me out when they knew I was a pastor and had, had been in front of them. And like, these are not people I thought in a million years would seek me out. And they're like, I need to talk to you. Talk to me more about Jesus. You said a few words, but I need to talk more. And I was just like, I'm ready, ready for joining Jesus on his mission because like, it just shot me. I, I, this community is full of those same people. And it's, I'm so excited. They're hungry for Jesus. Oh, man. And you gave them a glimpse. Yep. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us this morning, Larry. Very You're welcome. It was great it. to have you here on the podcast. And uh, let's see, you, since I'm you're up. preaching, well, yep, you are up on... I think uh, I'm going to get excited again. I think so. When I <laughs> preach, sometimes I do that. Just so. uh, sometimes. As long as this you stay on the camera at the yeah. 9.30 service, I'm happy. That's yeah. <laughs> Glue my feet to the floor because... You talked Bigger. about the busyness of pastors on a Sunday morning. I've been oh. uh, chatting with Chase, uh, who's uh, out in Las Vegas now, because he's essentially doing what I do on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, Sunday mornings are busy back there in the <laughs> AV room. I said, yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. tend to get that way. That's but right. uh, yeah, it was great again to sit down together, and uh, we look forward to uh, recording another one of these next week. All right.